morning. God bless you for being here. What a joy to be with you and, and what a special time we're going to have. Christmas Day and the, and the days after Christmas are, are some of my favorite days. All the commotion is gone and all the noise has kind of settled down a little bit and quieted down. And spend a little time, quiet time, thinking about what Christmas really is or it can be and ought to be. This morning we finish a, a series on the best Christmas ever. Is that what it's been for you? The best Christmas ever? You know, it's not too late. It, it still could be. And that's what today is all about. So I'm glad you're here to think this through with me. What would make this the best Christmas ever? Well, there are some, some Christmas questions that a lot of people think about. We could think about some of them now. Some questions that you might ask others and others might ask you. How many presents did you get? How much do you think your presents cost? Where did you go on your Christmas vacation? Well, we could ask and be asked those questions, but the only problem is they're the wrong questions. And no matter what the answer is, they wouldn't make this the best Christmas ever. There are some more important questions than that. There's really three of them. These are the ones you and I need to know the correct answers. And knowing the answers to these questions and being reminded of them and, and, and taught them again or maybe learning them for the first time this Christmas, that can make this the best Christmas ever. That first most important question has, has to do with with your identity. It's only three little words. None of them are very big. But what an important question. Who am I? And the second one is a little longer. It has to do with, with value. Do you make a difference? Do you count for anything? Does anybody care you're here? What am I worth? And the third one has to do with purpose. Why am I here? Now there's three important questions. Who am I? What am I worth? And why am I here? So let's spend a few moments thinking about those three questions. Not just thinking about them and, and maybe coming up with our own answers, but it's Christmas time. 
Let's let the little baby in the manger help us with these questions. Who am I? What is my identity? You know, some of us have misplaced our identity or at least have tried to look for our identity in, in the wrong places. We try to somehow let what we've done or what we have done or what we do or maybe what I have determine who I am. There was an eight-year period in my life where I got off on the wrong track. And I began to put my identity in the wrong place. It was a wonderful little thing called football. It started in grade school and it continued on through high school. And as the years went by, I decided that's who I was. And that's all I cared about. Just a few Fridays or Saturdays in, in the fall, but that's who I was, and I was content to be that. I gave up all hopes of being an NBA center and gave up a basketball career. I wasn't very good at it anyway. What I decided is slamming people around on a wrestling mat would maybe help me be a better football player, so I did that. And then I gave up dreams of ever playing in Yankee Stadium or wherever and gave up baseball. I wasn't a bad little second baseman, believe it or not. But I thought track and field events would kind of help me with that thing called football, so I did that. It was 24-7 every week of the year, every month. I ran and I ran and I conditioned, I pushed iron. All I cared about was to be the best of the best. And it was going good until one game. Anybody anywhere near to that pileup heard two loud cracks. And everybody else got up and ran away. But I couldn't get up. I could see my leg was bent in a way that I don't think God ever meant that leg to bend. And I was never the same again. Couldn't play that game the way I had. Oh, it took about a year and a half to finally give it up. And it wasn't just I couldn't play football anymore. Now I didn't know who I was. No, I was a nobody. I remember clear as a bell standing in a gas station in St. Paul, Minnesota, taking off that leather jacket with all the stars and the bars and wrinkling it up. Yeah, way back then in the Jurassic Age, they had them little waste baskets by the gas pumps. And that's where my leather jacket went. It's all over. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do and who I'm going to be, but I can't be that anymore. So after those crazy football years came what I call the chameleon years. 
I didn't really have an identity. I just didn't want you to know that. So I became pretty good at hiding. I could just fit in anywhere. You want a party? <laughs> well, I can do that. I can do that right along with you. Oh, I'm ashamed to say, when I get involved with a little substance abuse, we'll bring on the booze, bring on the drugs. I, 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 I can do that. I can fit in there. Oh, I hear how you're talking. Now it's time to have a potty mouth. Oh, man, mine could be filthy. No, now we're telling dirty jokes. Man, I've got some rotten ones. You name the sin, I'm in. I can be whoever you want me to be. Just give me a clue. Just give me a situation. Oh, now you want to go to church? Okay, no problem. Just let me change my clothes and, and put on my religion. Here's Bobby the angel. Isn't he cute? But he doesn't have a clue who he is. Not a clue. So all of a sudden when I was all alone, that's the scariest question in the world. It's only three little words. Who am I? I would never admit it to you, but I had to admit it to myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't have a clue. And my friend, that's scary. So if you've misplaced your identity or you don't think you have it and you don't know who you are, believe me, I know what that feels like. But there's a little baby that straightened that out for me. His name was Jesus. He was in a manger in that stable in Bethlehem. He's the one who reminded me, Bob, how could you have forgotten? You're a child of God. We always have been. Haven't always lived like it and talked like it and acted like it, but just like that prodigal son who, who ran off to sin, he was still his father's son. His identity didn't change. You are a child of God. You always have been. You are now and, and you always will be. Could you pray with me for a moment? Heavenly Fire, Father, in the, in the, in the quietness of, of your house, in these quiet days after Christmas, when all the rush and the commotion is kind of done. I would pray that you would help every one of us to remember and, and discover and never forget our identity. Forgive us if we've tried to find it in the wrong places. Forgive us if we've lost it. 
But let this newborn Jesus remind us, you are a child of God. Let nobody here, nobody listening to this message go on one minute longer not knowing the answer, who am I? I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In your name I pray, amen. You see that, that manger with that little baby in it? You see the gift tag there? Can you read that? It says, with love to my dear child. That's you. And that's me. And it's from your loving Heavenly Father. You're God's child. All kinds of other details may change and things come and go. But your identity is all wrapped up in that little baby in the manger. You are a child of God. So what am I worth? What's my value? Some of us perhaps grew up being told day after day that we were worthless. You don't have any value. Nobody wants you. You're not going to amount to anything. You're no good. That hurts to hear that you're not worth anything. Especially if it's repeated again and again by those who, who sure ought to know better than that. But this little baby at Christmas time, this little baby can remind us what we're worth because, you know, that little baby wasn't always a little baby. I mean, this little baby was God. He didn't always live in a barn. He used to live in heaven. And what a wonderful place that is, the beauty, the angels, the gold streets, whatever you want to describe it. But what a beautiful place is heaven. Jesus says, oh, you won't believe it. You won't believe it till you get there. But he was willing to leave that behind. To step off his throne and be conceived in the womb of a poor little girl. And leave heaven to be born in a barn. Take on a human body with all the aches and the pains that that's going to involve. To be born in poverty. But this little baby who can give us identity. There's a verse in Acts that says, For in him we live and move and have our being. We are his offspring. This little baby who gives us an identity can also give us value. God in Jesus has placed a value on us. It says twice or in the Bible it says in 2 Corinthians, though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor 
Philippians says he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And all those days, weeks, months, and years that Jesus spent away from heaven and in this sinful world, he looks at me, he looks at you. He says, I left heaven for you. And it was worth every minute of it. It was worth every minute that I spent in this fallen and sinful world because I came here for you. And later on, that little baby born in a manger is, is going to hang on a cross. And once again, we're going to discover our value, the worth that God has placed on us. Paul writes in Corinthians, you were bought with a price. I've been forced sometimes to go to yard sales. I see how people put prices on things and they decide what they think things are worth. Some have big prices, some have little prices. And then there's that table in the basket with kind of all kinds of junky stuff in it. This says, well, these are free. I mean, they're really not worth anything, but if you want them, go ahead and take them. You don't have to pay for them. Didn't even put a price on them. And if nobody takes them at the yard sale, you know what? They get kicked to the curb, and there they lay, and a trash man will pick them up. Not worth anything. Nobody wanted to give a dime for those things. Well, my friend, if that's how you've been treated, let this little baby tell you the truth. That little baby says, you were bought with a price. It cost a lot. Peter says it, it, it wasn't with perishable things like silver and gold that, that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ. And that little baby born in a manger and, and hanging on a cross, that little baby says to you and to me, I poured out my blood for you. And you were worth every drop. You were worth every drop. That's how precious you are. That's how much value you have. So maybe we should pray again. Heavenly Father, some of us have been called worthless. Some of us have been treated as if we had no value. Forgive those who said those things and treated us those ways. Like Jesus said from the cross, they, they didn't. They didn't know what they were doing. So just forgive them, Father.
but we thank you for putting a value on us. No amount of silver, no amount of gold, nothing that we could ever possess or offer, but the value you have placed on us is the priceless blood of Jesus Christ. Help us to understand the value that we have to you, God. And oh yes, forgive us if we have ever put anybody down, told anybody else they were worthless, treated anybody as if they had no value. Oh, forgive us for that. And if possible, help us to find the time and the place that we can go back and say, I, I was wrong. You are so precious. You are so valuable. Help us to value ourselves and others in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know what really will make this the best Christmas ever now that we know who we are and what we're worth and we have identity and we have value? Well, you finally got to come to the question, well, so what? So what? What do you mean, so what? What's the point? Well, now that we have identity and we have value, now we can understand our purpose. Have you ever wondered why you were alive? What was the whole point of you being here? Who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do? That's kind of frightening if you don't have the answers to those questions. But that little baby in the manger can explain all of that to you too. There is a point to your life. There is a purpose for your existence. Peter said it, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so Jesus says, at Christmas time, as the skit reminded us, let your light shine. Philippians says, you and I, every one of us, have the purpose of shining like stars in the universe. Not just at Christmas, but all year long. Our purpose, we are here to be an outrageous living advertisement for Jesus Christ. Let the joy that's in our hearts show and the smile on our face. That's what this little heart is that you receive. Thank Melissa for printing them out. My daughter and my little seven-year-old granddaughter had the joy of helping me cut them out. No, the crooked ones were not done by my granddaughter Madison. They were probably done by me. We even cut off little magnets and put them on the back so you can take them home and display them on your refrigerator. 
Martin Luther wrote a hymn a long time ago. Has an awful lot of verses. From heaven above to earth I come, but my favorite verse has always been the one that's on that little heart. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, prepare a bed soft, undefiled, a quiet chamber set apart for you to dwell within my heart. As the gentleman said, don't put Jesus away. Don't put him in a box and leave him there till next Christmas. Put him in your heart. That's where he wants to be. And let the purpose and the goal of your life be to talk about Jesus to everybody you can. By that little manger, see that little IVP? You don't have to remember a lot of what I said as long as you just remember that IVP stands for what that little baby came to give you. Identity, value, and purpose. And if you understand that, you know what? You just had the best Christmas ever. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.